It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Wednesday morning, shooters and numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, numbers game. Kill Alexander, Jeff Parlay here. Jeff, we ever had a show yesterday? I'm talking about where the content lasted for so little time. <laughs> a Calvin Ridley, Mona Lisa. That maybe lasted 90 minutes till no one cared a darn thing about it. Uh, And then uh, some NFL draft stuff, which we'll get to later on. Because, of course, the big news yesterday, the big news, and we we had the Aaron Rodgers thing happen during our show where he re-upped with the Packers. And we thought, wow, that's going to be the big news of the day. Well, 90 minutes later, the serious big news of the day. Of course, the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos is Russell Wilson in a fourth-round draft pick. Go to Denver for two first-round picks, including the ninth pick in this year's draft. Two seconds. Uh, also, uh, a fifth-round draft pick. Drew Locke. Oh, enjoy that, Peter Carroll. No offense, Shelby Harris. I have much to say about this, but first, let's get what Jeff Schwartz has to say about this. From the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast, of course, he works at Sirius and at Fox as well. How you doing, Jeff? I thought you were bringing me on to talk about Pac-12 uh, tournament action today, but <laughs> so football, football's fine. We could do football if you want. Hey, man, if you have a pick of the Pac-12 tournament, we'd like to hear that as well, by the way. Absolutely. We'd be I, thrilled. I, so, I would say Arizona State's the first game. They're favored by four. They're playing well. Stanford's not, so it would make sense for Stanford to win. But the next game is Oregon-Oregon State. Oregon State is 3-27. and They have not won a game since 
since the start of the new year. Literally, have not won a single Pac-12 game since the start of the year. Oregon, guys, is really bad right now. I would not be surprised if Oregon State won that game. It's a second game today in the Pac-12 tournament. Wow. Just, just keep an eye on that game. Yeah. Wow. Oregon's best player is not playing. Not playing. And if you, Oregon's played really, really bad the last four weeks of the season. Like, they just have not been good outside UCLA. They can play really well again. But just, just maybe take an eye. Second game today in the Pac-12 conference. Oh. Just a little eye. Okay. All right. Football. Um. Look, the, obviously the Broncos, um, fabulous trade for them. Like, unbelievably great. They could not have done better. They trade away a defensive tackle, a tight end, a quarterback they don't want, and draft picks that, look, if you're getting Russell Wilson, if that's equivalent to this ninth pick in the draft, yeah, great, right? And the next year, you hope the first-round picks, second-round picks, just aren't as good, right? They're in the 20s. And so I think they did a fabulous job. Um, look, were they in the Roger sweepstakes? I don't think so. I've always felt all along that Roger was going back to Green Bay. And so this is a, a fabulous trade for them. Obviously, they went from Peyton Manning to a bunch of other randos, to another Hall of Fame quarterback. It's pretty impressive their ability to find these veterans and bring them into their, into their team. Let me, let me ask this from the Seahawks' perspective, because it would occur to me that there's a lot of people who are Seahawks fans today who they get the Russell Wilson thing in the morning, then the Bobby Wagner thing in the evening. It's like, oh, my God, the two pillars of the franchise, the two last remaining players from the Super Bowl against the Patriots, the, the one-yard short, if you will, Super Bowl, which was really the last deep playoff run the Seahawks had. And I think that's, by, by the way, side note, that's also the legacy of this, right? The Seahawks only end up with one Super Bowl title in the Russell, uh, in the Russell Wilson Legion of Boom years. But from a Seahawks perspective, if, I, if I'm here to console Seahawks fans this morning and to make sense of this, uh, how much of this was they, they looked at their division with the Rams having won the Super Bowl, the Niners, the Cardinals, say what you will about Kyler Murray, they didn't have a high pick in the draft before this trade, and they were just like, okay, we have no shot. How much of it was that? How much of it was, okay, we won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson on a rookie deal. Then we paid him like $35 million a year. We see $50 million on the horizon. We don't really want to pay him that. And then the last thing is it's the Pete Carroll factor, Jeff, which is how much of this was Pete Carroll still stuck in that, well, we won the Super Bowl with a great defense, a great running game, and a quarterback on a rookie contract who barely threw the football. That's the formula. We're going back to it, damn it. Um, probably number three. I mean, there, there is no consoling Seahawks fans on this. This is a terrible deal for their franchise. Like, you, you trade away a Hall of Fame quarterback who has five to eight years left playing good football, right, and maybe longer, the way quarterbacks play now, and you trade him away for not a lot. In a quarterback draft, it's not great. Um, in a division, it's very difficult. So now you're easily in the fourth spot in your division. And you chose a 70-year-old coach over a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback who is beloved in the community. And that's the issue, right, is, is you've chosen uh, to go with a coach who's old school, who really hasn't changed the way he thought about football or thinks about football in a lot of years now as, as the game is evolving and changing. And, you set your franchise back. Yeah, yeah, you might draft Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or you know, maybe you trade for Deshaun Watson, which has been floated around. That feels less likely than everything else. Um, but, again, it's not Russell Wilson, right? And now you're casting a, a, an older coach to basically rebuild either on the fly or full rebuild. I mean, look, Belichick, you know, he re, rebuilt on the fly. 7-9, right? Draft Matt Jones right to the playoffs. 
I guess that's the idea of Pete Carroll, but there's no Mac Jones in this uh, in this um, in this draft, and you're not playing in. Well, I believe we lost Jeff. Jeff, you still there? We'll try to. We'll, there you trail They're going to win. Like to be, they're going to. So I just think the Seahawks chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. I would have chosen Wilson over Carroll. Yeah, I think so. I would have too. I said that last night on primetime action. Jeff, uh, Jeff, and I were on primetime last night with Kelly Bidlin. I said the same thing. I'm like, is seventy one year old Pete Carroll really the guy that you want to overlord a a rebuild? Uh, they've also drafted. They've also drafted terribly. Like right. this is not a franchise where you're like, yep, yeah, they'll, they'll use that draft picks right. They, they've been terrible drafters. Right. It's it's been a long time since they made the great picks, right, of Chancellor and Sherman and Wilson, that era. That was a long time ago. Their draft record has been much yeah. more sketchy since then, for sure. Um, so here's what I did, and you tell me if I'm crazy. So the news comes down. I happen to be over at Bill at a Billy Hill sports book, and I'm like, ooh, Russell Wilson, thirty to one to win MVP. So I raced to bet this. By the way, I couldn't get the 30 to 1. I got the 25 to 1, and I'm very happy with that. I love that bet. But then as I'm walking out, this is, and, I, and I hate myself for making this bet. As I'm walking out, I'm like, huh, the Broncos are still 17 to 1 here. I'm seeing it's much lower in other places. I didn't make the same amount on the bet, but I was like, all right, let me just get a piece of that. It's a ridiculous bet, but I went ahead and was like, it was the Columbo thing where I was like, oh, one more thing. Could I get that 17 to 1 for a little bit? Uh, do you like either of those? Do you like the Russell Wilson one at least? Yo, you should have saved your money for some PFL action on Friday night. <laughs> this, was, uh, this, is, this is just not going to cut. Look, here's the thing about, about Denver, right? It's, it's one of the favorite stats of, in all football. Um, the, the, since the last time the Broncos have beat the Chiefs, both teams have won a Super Bowl. The Broncos have not been the Chiefs since early 2015. Um, and maybe Russell Wilson changes that. Uh, obviously, these games are more competitive. But now you're in a division with uh, up-and-coming Justin Herbert, right, if you get better, a Chargers team that I would imagine is better this season. A Raiders team who, you know, Derek Carr, you, you rank quarterbacks, I don't know, about 10, right, 10, 11, 12, 9, some places, good quarterback, better quarterbacks even in the NFC West where, where, where he's been playing. And you have a first-year coach in the in, in Hackett in the Broncos, so this feels unlikely in year one that you're making the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, right? Even just to make it. But two, Russell Wilson. I mean, to win the MVP, you have to win the division. And are they winning the division this year? Look, I think I know people are are born to go back to the Chiefs, but like, why wouldn't you go back to the Chiefs? Well, what have they done? Yeah, Mahomes had one bad half um, in, in a playoff game. He has the worst season in the NFL, and they went 12 and five. I mean, if he's just—if he's better next season, they're going to go thirteen and four. Yeah, maybe the Broncos now that's one loss a year. The Broncos, maybe it's not right. They haven't again. Andy Reid kind of has the Broncos number, so I wouldn't rush to do anything. I think that the play is Green Bay. I know that the the the, the numbers have have dropped down, but who in the NFC is going to challenge quarterback wise? Who's the second best quarterback? In the NFC right now, behind Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford is it probably. Matthew yeah. Stafford, yeah. Is it, is it Kyler Murray Cousins? Like, what, like, what are we doing? So, I mean, the Packers, I think, are overwhelming favorites to win the NFC conference. That doesn't mean they're going to do it, right? They seem untrustworthy the last couple of years in that spot. But to me, with with Wilson leaving the NFC, the Packers become even a bigger favorite, in my opinion, 
because there's just less good quarterbacks in that conference. Only have 90 seconds here. I want to just get the BS meter from you here. Uh, one, Adam Schefter, when reporting this, said, oh, um, listen, for those of you who think, you know, it was because Rodgers signed with the Packers, the, this deal was in the works for weeks. It was always about Russell Wilson. Do you believe that for one second? Well, I don't believe this deal just happened in the two hours after it was announced that Rodgers signed with the Packers. Um, I think they've been talking about it. But I've always thought Rodgers going back to Green Bay. So I don't know. They've been, two, been talking about two weeks. I mean, I think the Broncos would have loved to have Aaron Rodgers, but I think it was very clear he was coming back. I mean, there were no signs he was leaving other than the media wanting him to leave. I mean, there was he, he knew Green Bay was the best spot for him. So I believe this has been in the works for a little bit. They just didn't call each other up and say, hey, let's do a deal. You know, now that Rodgers is gone, um, maybe it was finalized after Rodgers decided to come back. But I think that the Broncos and the Seahawks and, and the Packers and everyone kind of knew what Rodgers was going to do. What about the other one here in 30 seconds? Do you believe Russell Wilson's post-trade uh, quote that this was the only place he wanted to go? Uh, no, that's what, that's what everyone says when they go, oh, yeah, it's the only place I looked at as a free agent besides the ones that other were going to pay me the same amount of money. Um, no, this is, he listed like four teams last year yeah. that he wanted to go. You would have gone to the Giants. You would have gone to the, the Saints. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the – we had always heard he wanted to go to a big media market, right, for his family. Well, the Broncos are not New York, right? So, no, the Broncos are good for him, but they're not the only place he wanted to go. Yeah, those four teams he listed last year, Dallas, the Raiders, Chicago, and the Saints. Those four teams. Jeff, thank you. Appreciate it as always, man. Jeff Schwartz, everybody, former NFL offensive lineman at Jeff Schwartz. That's the G-E-O-F-F brand of Jeff on Twitter. We'll come back. College basketball, Kai McKeon, three-man week next. Numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game. Vison, the Sports Betting Network, Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, who uh, hasn't had a chance to uh, say anything this morning. Jeff, I don't know how we fit all of this into a show today, but we're going to talk uh, Tournament Players Championship with Brady Cannon later, golf's de facto fifth major, the PGA's major, if you will. I got some tennis picks, tennis's de facto fifth major. Indian Wells starts on the ladies' side today. After this show, tennis extravaganza podcast with Drew Dinsick and Dan Weston headed over to do the Beating the Book podcast after this one with a deep dive on tennis. Uh, much more to say about the Russell Wilson trade um, from all kinds of angles. We got to talk about the number one pick in the NFL draft. Huge movement on that. And I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I know why, but I don't agree with why is what I'm saying. We'll get into all of that and a whole bunch more. Um, but first, because it is arguably the greatest day of college basketball of the year. Although I should say, as I say that, as it comes out of my mouth, tomorrow might be better, Friday might be better, and of course March Madness might be better. But what a day it is. You get the idea. From Three Man Weave, it's Kai McKeon. How you doing, Kai? Yo, I'm doing great. Yeah, days just keep getting better and better as we get farther into March. Oh, it's so great. So let me, let me start with this. 
We have auto bids abound that ha- abounding that have already been established in multiple conferences. I believe we're, uh, what is it, five, 11 deep. Well, Gonzaga and the West Coast mm-hmm. Conference. Let's throw that out for a second because uh, they were always going to win that. Um, but let's take the other 10 of the auto bids already established. And I want you to let me know who you think from this group is the most giant killery when we get to next week's big dance. Who has a shot at uh, authoring an upset, if not two, come March Madness next week? Uh, Ohio Valley champ, Murray State. Big South champ, Longwood from Farmville, Virginia. Missouri Valley champ, Loyola Chicago. Southern champ, Chattanooga. What a win that was. Sunbelt champ, Georgia State. And then yesterday, Atlantic Sun champ, Jacksonville State. Again, Bellarmine won the mm-hmm. tournament. But this ridiculous rule of four years where they transferred from Division Two to Division One, So Jacksonville State, yeah. the team that Bellarmine beat in the finals, Jacksonville beat in the semifinals. Anyway, Jacksonville State won the regular season. Uh, so the Jacksonville State Gamecocks from the Atlantic Sun. Colonial champs Delaware, who beat uh, UNCW yesterday. Horizon champ Wright State. Northeast champ Bryant. What an ugly scene that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Summit League champ South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. Of that group, who you got w- with an upset or two? next week yeah for me it's chattanooga uh the southern champ they uh they have so much talent uh across the board they have a former kansas center in sylvia d'souza top 100 guy coming out of high school they have very very big guards malachi smith the player of the year in the socon six foot four point guard he's awesome they have experience they are basically all seniors a team that came back from last year so I think they can make a deep run in the tournament. They're going to be a 12 seed most likely. So they're going to be the sexy pick, I think, to have the 5-12 upset. Who from those conferences who is not going to the big dance might I want to bet it on in, if they get to the NIT, if they're selected to play in the NIT? Who's a, who's mm. a team? Santa Clara leap to mind, someone like that? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great option. I'm, and if BYU happens to not make the tournament either, they're, they're probably an option. But uh, Towson from the Colonial, I think, would be a good pick. And the NIT, they're again, physicality is Pat Scary's brand over a thousand, and they actually have a lot of talent. I was kind of surprised to see them duck out early against Delaware. All right. Uh, conferences tipping off today Atlantic 10, Big 12, Big East, Big Sky, Big 10, MEAC, Mountain West, Pac 12, SEC, Southland, SWAC. That's 11. Is there a play in conference markets in any of those 11? I guess we can also talk about the AAC tomorrow and the MAC, and then I suppose the Ivy later this week. That's the rest of them. Is there a conference play that you like moving forward? Yeah, there are a couple ones that are, uh, you know, close to even money, but I think they're very good bets. So in the South end, you have Nickel State going about even money, uh, I believe, but they have a bye to the semifinals. So the South end sets their conference bracket up in such a way that Nichols needs to win two games to win the whole thing. They're a dominant team in that league. They probably should have won it by a lot more than they did. The talent's kind of head and shoulders. So I think they're a great bet uh, to win the Southland. That's the one. Any others besides that one? Iona in the same vein in the Mac. Uh, they've won it what five times, I think recently uh, in tournament history. And they have Rick Pitino, best coach by far in that conference. They have the best talent. Again, far and away the best team in that league. If you can find them plus money anywhere, that's a great bet. I'd even take them a little bit as a favorite. By the way, back to Nichols State for a second. Are you are you a fan of the funky brackets now in a lot of these conferences, West Coast Conference being another one, where right, St. Mary's and Gonzaga triple by. They only have to play two games at the end. Are you a fan of the fact that the that the 
the best teams get protected with the conference tournaments, or did you prefer just the standard bracket from days gone by where it's like, no, you just got to win all the games from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. In those lower leagues, I really do prefer the, the, the staggered start. I like giving the advantage to your best teams. It also, it should be incentivized for the conferences, right? Because they get money if their teams do well in the actual NCAA tournament, they want to send their best teams. So it's no surprise they're staggering like that. And I think it's a good thing for the NCAA tournament as a whole, you get a better product, you get better teams in the tournament, you get more Cinderella upsets, which everyone of course loves and why, why they watch March madness. Do you, do you, first of all, what, let's go back to the Bellerman thing for a second. Cause I just want to throw out some stuff that we, yeah, that man. we watched here. What, what is the rationale for, cause we talked about this last year too with Bellerman, <laughs> but here they win the conference tournament. Like, so mm-hmm. what's the point of this? What, what is the rationale for, for saying, well, sorry, it's, you gotta go four years before we let you be, you know, yeah. eligible. I, I've never understood it because they can play in the regular season. Their wins count, their losses count, right? Uh, Merrimack a couple of years ago won the NEC regular season title. Didn't get a chance to play in the postseason. It's a it's an asinine rule. It seems very arbitrary if you're promoting the team to D1. Why are they not eligible for everything else? I'm pretty sure Bellarmine could play in the NIT if they were invited. Now I hope the NIT does that, considering Jacksonville State is going to the tournament now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a terrible rule, and I haven't seen one NCAA brass member explain it or really address the subject. We do know they they are eligible for the NIT, though. That would that would that would definitely be interesting. I believe they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing about last night. So so we're here on primetime action. Jeff Parlay was sitting in for Matt Brown last night. Uh, Kelly Billen and I were watching the uh, we're watching the Northeast Championship, and it's Bryant and Wagner and. You know, we just happen to have it on. And Bryant comes out, and they're up 34-6. to (laughs) Like, the game was over immediately. And this kid for Bryant, Peter Kiss, is Mm -hmm. just acting up. Now, we didn't have the benefit of audio. But I said to Jeff, I was like, look at this kid after every every time he scores, just mocking the opponent. (laughs) And I just, you know, I didn't think anything of it besides making the comment. It was enough for me to make the comment, but I'm just like, okay, you file it away. You don't really think it's going to result in anything. And so famously, for those who missed it, 437 left in this game. And it's still a blow. By the way, it was a blowout the whole way through. Bryant ends up winning at 70 to 43. They get the auto bid from the Northeast. Um, And it was at Bryant's gym which was just a just a house of fire and they had the Wagner they had the Wagner family members seated next to the Bryant student section and so with 437 left I you know the I used the malice and palace I referenced the malice at the palace mm-hmm. thing last night because it just seemed like something happened liquids went flying punches got thrown there was a kid on Wagner who thought his mom was in jeopardy he runs up yeah. so I mean you you just see something like that and you're and I guess the question is, Bryant doesn't seem like a giant killer kind of team. Are they the single most hated team ever to come out of a small conference? <laughs> ever? Like, I, I, I want them to be embarrassed in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peter Kiss, the guy you're referring to, he is the type of guy that you love to have on your team because he's awesome. He leads the country in scoring. I mean, he, he can really fill it up. He's a former Rutgers guy, by the way, uh, transferred from Rutgers to Bryant. Uh, it, he actually reminds me a lot of Marshall Henderson, his antics on the floor, the old old Miss player. But yeah, yeah, college basketball needs a villain. I, it feels like we haven't really had one in yeah, a while. So I think Peter Kiss, 
Kiss is a perfect uh, guy for that. His <laughs> name, Peter Kiss, is even pretty villainy. He even wears the Kiss band T-shirts before the game. I think it's pretty hilarious. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. But to your point, Gil, about Giant Killer, so Brian's going to get a 16 seed most likely. Maybe destroyed. 15. Yeah. They play too fast. They, they play too fast and up and down to, to stay with a one seed. I do think they're going to get crushed. You know, it's going to be high scoring. So it's like the over. That's, that's probably a great bet blind. But they play too fast, and that's that's a reference to the fact that if you yeah. the giant killer characteristic, one of them, great three point shooting is one of them. But one of the tried and true giant killer characteristics, another in, in order to sort of overcome the talent deficit, you you have to have a slow pace. You have to have fewer possessions, just to uh, make the small sample size more random, if you will. Right. And they do not qualify that. A whole bunch of games, all conference tournaments, some starting. Uh, we have the uh, the Patriot Championship, Patriot League Championship tonight. We got all of Kai's picks coming back on the other side right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need uh, you need rather to bet the madness this year with 24/7 streaming, daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide including advice, data and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray and Wes Reynolds. They have insights on every key team, conference and player to watch. From the favorites to the potential Cinderella, sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at VSIN.com slash madness. I am signed up for the old Survivor League. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for next week. The greatest sports betting vehicle there ever was. Survivor during March Madness. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, appreciate all the feedback at all times. This is from. Uh, Let's see here. Do to do to do. Paul Nelson. I've been uh, thinking for weeks of texting you that Russell Wilson wasn't going anywhere. Glad I didn't. I'm devastated with the trade. Keeping a 71 year old Carol over Russell Wilson is nuts. Here comes last place. Yeah, Paul. Wish I could disagree. Uh, Greg V. He says the uh, Southland pick earlier. Uh, there's a spare plus 120 on Nickel State uh, at a uh, at a very prominent sports book right now. Um, I'll, I'll save the rest for, for next segment. We've got to talk some more college basketball. Let's bring him back in. Kai McKeon, kind enough to stick with us for a second uh, segment here. All right, let's start with, by the way, as I'm talking to you, Kai, I'm thinking to myself, this is just to give you my inner dialogue as we're talking. I'm like, I wish for, for someone like you and for someone like the three-man weavers, your buddies Matt Cox and Jim Root, I wish I could transport you back to when college basketball was the greatest sport on earth, when you had t- when you had super teams, right? Jordan, Worthy, and Perkins on Carolina. Uh, you oh, had man. the Ewing-Georgetown years with Wingate and Williams, man. Uh, just the most ridiculous sport ever. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Elijah and Drexler on the same Houston team. Um, but okay, yeah, you get what you, you get what you your era gives uh, you. I guess it, sound, it sounds amazing. I wish you could. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So tonight, Patriot League is the one auto bid determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has uh, been the roost that Colgate has ruled for for many years. Um, Colgate and Navy tonight. Who you got? Colgate favored by six and a half. Yeah, I think Colgate wins. It's at Colgate, um, and they have been the best team all year. I think there's value though on the number for Navy. Um, I think six and a half is a bit too high. Uh, I, a conference tournament home value seems to not matter quite nearly as much as regular season value. 
Um, Navy plays hard, best defensive team in the Patriot. I think they give Colgate a bit of a fight here, scare him a little bit, but I think Colgate ultimately wins the game. All right. All those tournaments I mentioned that we're starting tonight, 11 deep, but the America East also has their semis going. The ACC continues today after they started yesterday as this conference USA, the Metro Atlantic and the WAC. Where would you like to go first, sir? Uh, let's go to Pac-12, actually, which starts off today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at Utah and Washington, and I'm looking at Utah specifically about plus two right now, I think, in most books. Uh, coaching edges, I love them in conference tournament settings. And I think I found one today with Craig Smith over Mike Hopkins. Um, both games were close during the season. The Utes had second half leads in both games and they can shoot. That's key against uh, Mike Hopkins, Syracuse inspired two, three zone. So I like Utah plus two, Utah plus two pack 12 tournament. Do you believe with a parlay? I'll give Jeff parlay the credit for this, that he believes that the UCL that, that UCLA who clearly obviously is in the tournament, no problem but that winning the Pac-12 tournament for them takes on a bigger th- a, a bigger meaning because of we're back to the traditional seedings, and if they were to win the Pac-12 tournament, and it is a two-headed monster at the top, obviously, with Arizona and UCLA, but if they were to win this, seeding-wise, that would probably get them off the four position and a possible Sweet 16 matchup with Gonzaga, so they should be super incentivized to win this tournament? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I, I would say they definitely get a three seed. Heck, maybe even get to a two if they beat USC and Arizona in this tournament. Uh, it's interesting, though. I, I feel like they're not super healthy yet, or at least all the way. So you almost think, oh, there's a little bit of incentive of ducking out early. Now, no no team's ever going to do that or say, oh, we want to lose and get healthy for the tournament, get, get fully ready. But um, I, I do think there's motivation for them to win the tournament and get off that four seed line. I totally agree with that angle. All right, so Utah is your first pick here, Utah. In the Pac-12. That's right. What else you got? So a little bit of a surprising one here. Uh, in the Big East, I actually like DePaul today at plus five. And try not to be too biased my Chicago Big East team here. Hmm. But I think they're pretty good. And they're playing St. John's. It's in Madison Square Garden. Again, I'm not really concerned about that. Especially, this is not like a Colgate home court situation, right? It's Madison Square Garden. It's huge. Teams have played there before. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a major St. John's home court edge. Uh, and DePaul is extremely physical. They, they rebound the ball. They're going to have an advantage on the glass. I'm worried about turnovers. And then DePaul also has uh, Javon Freeman Liberty love to ride good guards in March. He qualifies. I think DePaul can, can pull the upset today. Um, but I'd rather just take the plus five. Speaking of wishing I could take you back to yesteryear, St. John's with Walter Berry, uh, Mark Jackson, and Chris Mullen, same team in Georgetown would saying beat him every time. Not every time. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you like DePaul there, catching the points. Mm-hmm. Well, Kamikaze play there in the Big East. Um, okay, <laughs> let's go to another one here. What do you got? Yeah, how about Utah Valley in the WAC going back west? This is actually the last game on the on the slate tonight. Um, so I think you can get three at some books, which is great. Um, but th- this is a matchup advantage for Utah Valley pretty much across the board. They're one of the biggest teams in college basketball. Abilene Christian is the second smallest. Utah Valley's big man was the WAC player of the year last year. Uh, he's the, set, the two-time defensive player of the year in that conference. He's basically going to dominate this game. 20 and 10 is a guarantee from him. And cherry on top here, Utah Valley just got their leading scorer from last year back for the very first time last game against Chicago State. He was supposed to redshirt. Uh, no idea why he played yesterday, but he came off the bench. If he's back in the lineup, that's enormous. Their weaknesses were ball handling and scoring. And he basically 
takes care of both those. So I think it's a fantastic play, Utah Valley. All right, let me ask you about something here. Um, Nevada, New Mexico, their total is 150 and a half. Mm. Ken Palm has it uh, 80-78. It's 158. Uh, has Nevada 79-76, 155. Uh, what's this other one? How do you pronounce the last one here? Bar- Bartovic? How do you pronounce this again? Uh, Bart- Bartorvik. Bartorvik, pardon me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Has it Nevada 81-79. That's 160 points. So all three well over the total, three different analytics sites. What do you think? Mm. It's weird. We've seen this trend, I think, across a lot of conference tournaments this uh, this year. There must have been some something that was shared about unders in conference tournaments um, among the masses, at least among the sharps, because I think it has been a trend that scoring has come down um, in these conference tournament settings. I don't have the Thomas and Mack numbers necessarily in front of me with the Mountain West, but I would bet there's some sort of trend there. I don't know which way I lean here in terms of over under. It is funny to see that variance. Maybe you go against the grain and take those quote unquote extra value compared to the analytic sites, but I really don't have a play here. Big West tournament is opening up, if you will, the dollar loan center arena in Henderson here this week, just opened up yesterday for the first games. Um, I'm headed there tomorrow. You guys in three man weave brand new arena, no history. Does that, make you hesitant to make plays in that tournament because of that? Uh, not from a side perspective. I don't think I, I still feel pretty good about the teams themselves from, from a totals a, perspective. Yeah. From a totals maybe. perspective. Yeah. And, and my, my initial thinking would be okay. Under, you know, neither teams played here before. Maybe they're not used. They're obviously not used to the gym. Maybe the rims are tight, <laughs> brand new rim. Um, that's the way I would lean. Um, I probably wouldn't jump into a total either way unless I have a really strong injury lean on one of the teams in this tournament. By the way, I've never received more hate for a Twitter comment one than it was an LSU Maryland March Madness game <laughs> a few years ago. And I was like, I think the rims on the right side are tight, right? He's like, both teams were having such trouble with it. Oh, people couldn't stand that comment. Oh, really, Gil? You figured out that the rims are tight? Um, it can be a thing, though. It really can be. Uh, all right, last thing, we only have a, a minute left, and I don't, don't really get a chance to talk to you that much, Kai. Uh, give me the give me the group the group of teams that you think legitimately could win it all. Who's the team of the sort of conventional wisdom contenders that you do not trust? Uh, Gonzaga, I think is the the best choice to win right now, and they're obviously favorites in all the markets. I think Arizona can get there. I think Auburn can get there still. I know they've fallen off a little bit, don't look good on the road, but still a big believer in that team. Kentucky fully healthy can get there. This this is really something I think that we we should. Notice from a macro perspective, there's so many title contenders this year. So many. In, the, in, in years past, it's okay. One of these two teams are going to win. One of these three teams this year, I bet you get six or seven teams. You can convince me they can win the title. I'm not as big on Kansas right now. I'm not as big on Purdue right now. Um, and those are mostly defensive reasons, uh, but they could still get there too. It, it's just wide open. Which makes it fun. Which makes it fun. I, I said to Parlay last night on a primetime action, I was like, I really do believe we have more teams that could win legitimately, right? Could win the championship this year. And you don't want to be prisoner of the moment when you make a comment like that. But right. I really do think this is the year where it's the most, uh, the biggest group of teams. Um, which makes an already spectacular tournament that much more exciting next week. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Kai, appreciate it. I know you and the three-man weavers got your show to do. I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks, Gil. Appreciate it. Kai McKeon, everybody, at 3MW underscore CBB. 
What a night in college hoops. See what uh, Parlay's picks are coming up as well a little later on the show. More on the Russell Wilson trade and the NFL. How about that number one pick? we got to take a look at that next right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSID200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. If three-pointers made in the game you wager on, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble problem. Gambling problem, that is. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here. Jeff, you haven't said a word today. How you doing, man? You good? You all good? I'm happy I haven't said much because my voice has decided <laughs> not to show up today. So it's really? giving me a uh, giving me time to uh, get it ready, Gil. Oh wow! Yeah, someone check on Kevin Harlan. See if his voice is. Uh, I just, you just need to. Uh, didn't drink the tea with honey last night oh. after PTA. That's that. That was the error. Yeah. Well, welcome to my world, my friend. Five hours a day. Give me that five-hour energy sponsor. All right, so yesterday, I would call yesterday's show, I I alluded to this earlier, the show that had the least shelf life in the history of shows, right? So we did the whole Calvin Ridley thing. Within two hours, no one cared. Uh, We did the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Within two hours after our show, nobody cared because of the Russell Wilson trade. The other thing we did that had a very limited shelf life was Drew, Drew Drudensic and I were on, talking NFL draft props. And one of the things we talked about were the odds to have the number one pick. And, you know, we were talking about Evan Neal. We were talking about Iki Iquanu as, you know, based on Daniel Jer- based on Daniel Jeremiah uh, mock drafts, based on others. Those are probably the guys, right? Jacksonville's going to draft a offensive lineman. Why wouldn't they protect Trevor Lawrence? Makes sense. All right, well, then yesterday, while all, the, while all the shenanigans were going on with Aaron Rodgers and then the Russell Wilson trade to Denver, Jacksonville quietly, and I do mean quietly because it was that day, they quietly franchise-tagged their left tackle, Cam Robinson. Okay, fine. But what that did was immediately create this frenzy on the number one pick market, because apparently people took that, at least in the betting market for the number one pick, they took that to mean, oh, well, Jacksonville's not drafting an offensive lineman now at number one. And Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan standout defensive end, edge rusher, he ends up becoming not only the short shot, but the favorite here, minus 165. He took all the money yesterday. So I got two questions here, Jeff. We talked a little bit about this on PTA, but it's worth talking about here again. Two questions. One, does does the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise tagging Cam Robinson mean that they're not drafting an offensive lineman with a number one pick? Because I don't think that's what it means. Why wouldn't you want to solidify your offensive line in front of Trevor Lawrence even further? 
And two, let's say you disagree with me on number one. If you disagree with me on number one, well, Gil, I think you're wrong. I think that does mean they're not going to draft an offensive lineman. Why are people so convinced that it's Aiden Hutchinson and not Kayvon Thibodeau? Because you can get Kayvon Thibodeau at 15 to 1 at DraftKings. I ask you those questions, not rhetorically, but which do you which reasoning do you, do you believe either of those two thoughts? Just uh, some quick housekeeping on this because these numbers have been very active through the morning as well. Okay. So Hutchinson is now up to minus one ninety. Oh my God. Neil is down to plus four fifty. Uh, uh, Quanu five to one still. Uh, Thibodeau's down to twelve to one, so he has taken a little bit of money on your thought still. And then Trayvon Walker, who went who was as high as four hundred to one as of two days ago, is now twenty to one. Had a good combine too, did he? Yeah, good combine. But look, Gil, I, I'm with you on the Hutchinson part of this. It makes Jacksonville again much more likely to go defense with that first pick. Even though I would probably take Evan Neal still if I was them. I was like, does it make it more likely? Like I, I just the 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 rampant firing on Aiden Hutchinson. Like the assumption that that means oh they're clearly going defense. I don't know if I buy that. Did they say something? I think it's just the reaction to your franchise left tackle being back with the team. But again, when you tag the guy twice, which is what they've done with Robinson now, usually that's after the second tag, they're gone. They're not coming back that's after right. you tag them a second that's time. That's exactly right. So that's the other thing to take in, in, into account. If you're betting this right now, I would bet Evan Neal. That would be the bet I would make. And out of these up to plus 450, that would be the bet I would make here, Gil. Basically, you'd make every bet besides Hutchinson at this point. Definitely can't bet Hutchinson now. No way. I, I wouldn't hate you if you bet Neil, Icky Aquanu, or Thibodeau. Like, I, I think all Problem of those. Problem with that. Yeah, I think all of those are, are great picks. If you lose, you lose. Now, by the way, the draft is April 28th. There's going to be a lot of change between now and then. But I just, I just found that reaction yesterday to that. Because, again, we're, we're all into the Russell Wilson thing. But this sort of crept up on it, and it's like, wow, really? It's all available. DraftKings and beyond. We just showed the DraftKings numbers. But uh, wherever there's a number one pick to be found in the NFL draft, you will see Aiden Hutchinson now, the favorite with a bullet, as they used to say at Billboard magazine. Back to the Russell Wilson trade now, which we talked about first segment with Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, you, you had a stat from uh, off air that I'd, that I'd like for you to repeat here on air. It's Russell Wilson going from the most competitive division in the NFC, the NFC West, to clearly the most competitive division in the AFC, the AFC West. And, and that's with apologies to the AFC North. Because you got two really great divisions in the, in the AFC. But please share with us this stat that uh, Denver Broncos fans or Denver Bronco backers might not be too happy with. Yeah, so, uh, Mike? Mike? Are we hearing you? I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing go. myself either. Okay. There we go. There I just go. pulled a, a mm-hmm. me from three years ago right there. <laughs> we, uh, call, we call that the Bidlin. We call that, well, in the business. Bidlin's, uh, the machine doesn't work for Bidlin. Oh, that's, that, that's, uh, oh. that's machine error, not human error that's, on Kelly's side. to as the Bidlin. Uh, unlike there, which was pure human error. So Russell Wilson in 2020, so the last full season he played, his three, three of his four worst performances came against Brandon Staley's L.A. Ram defense mm-hmm. and Patrick Graham's New York Giant defense. Where are those guys now? Yeah. Brandon Staley, of course, the head coach of the Chargers. Graham, now the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. That's four games between those. Now, 
The Chargers defense is going to have to improve in the offseason, obviously, in order Still for worth that noting. to be somewhat relevant. Yeah. But it's at least something to have in the back of your brain. I asked you this last night. I'll ask you this again. Let's take bets away for a second. As a football fan, is Denver where you would have wanted Russell Wilson to land? No. No, not at all. Not at all. I, w- I wanted to see him. Not at all for me either. That's I wanted I to see him actually again on an, in the NFC. I don't want to. I, we don't need more good quarterbacks in the AFC. We're good right now. We are We're really good. We got good. more than enough there. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Jackson. Good Lord. Wilson. Burrow. Burrow. Plenty, plenty in the And in that's the just AFC. the top tier. Yeah. And then you have Trevor Lawrence who could end up being good when this well, is all said. We have a we have a car. You know, Tannehill to a, uh, you know, tier that I think is better than most NFC quarterbacks, too. Yeah, but I wanted to see Wilson stay in the NFC. I actually, again, as much as it pains me to say this, I would have liked to have seen him in Philly Hmm. because that's a team that has, to me, gotten a little bit overrated uh, because of the quarterback, who I don't think is any good. I don't think Hurts is any good, but the rest of that roster is pretty solid. And you put Wilson on that team in that division, they could win the NFC East right away. That would have been the spot that I would have liked to have seen Russell Wilson. And let me just say for those again, this is I speak as a as a guy who grew up loving the Washington football team, but this speaks on behalf of every fan of any team that is quarterback needy and just doesn't have the goods or the appeal. They said Washington offered a better package than De- than Denver did. That's not too hard to believe, by the way. I think Denver's package is pretty lame. That well, they I sent over too. there. Like, I really do. All, all said and done. Seattle gets the ninth pick in the draft. whoop de But imagine Washington, if you believe the reports that Washington offered a better package and Russell Wilson or the Seahawks. Seahawks are saying we didn't want to trade him in the NFC. Russell Wilson, we had the report last year, was like, yeah, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. I still don't want to play there. I still don't want to. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth. I still don't want to play for Daniel Snyder. To me. It's my words, not his. But... Think about how destitute, think about how despondent those of us are who root for teams like that. Like, really? We offered you, ev- we, by the way, offered you everything we possibly could have, and you still didn't want to play for us. What hope do we have? That's, that's the thing, man. Good on the Broncos. Uh, they become very relevant in the NFL and the AFC playoff picture, that's for sure. But... Kansas City, Buffalo, still no no disagreement on this. Still a tier above, would you say? Probably. Until proven otherwise. Probably, yeah. yeah I, would, I would think so. Jason Weingarten on the other side uh, to talk uh, baseball. Yes, he has made some baseball bets. And Brady Cannon to talk TPC. Oh, tennis picks as well. On the other side, it's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 